Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, welcome back, Decode Your Burnout fans, to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. Today I'm joined by Scott Joseph. True financial wealth happens when you outsmart and outmarket your toughest competitors, not outspend them. Scott Joseph is the CEO and founder of JL Marketing, which is considered one of the leading digital advertising and direct marketing agencies, serving some of the world's most successful and aspirational brands such as Shell Oil, BMW, Mopar, and some of these other ones that I've, I even have a hard time pronouncing. <laughs> Stellantis. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now, when he was 35, he bought his first of three Honda dealerships and has increased their valuations over 500%. Today, he's the host of the Move Crush Count podcast, which I was very lucky to be a guest on. Uh, he runs multiple businesses and facilitates mastermind groups to exclusive communities that help you think bigger. And he is here today to help us think through how to create passive income streams to prevent burnout. So without further ado, Scott, welcome to the show. Sharon, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm super excited to get into it. But before we do, we have to start off with your own burnout story. So tell us what happened and how you got out of it. Well, I started uh, J&L Marketing, which is the uh, agency back in January of 91. And, you know, first few years, everything's always exciting and you're building something. And, and then eventually, I think mid 90s, it started cranking along pretty good. Uh, and had a great run where, you know, when you're a young company and you're building, you wear a lot of hats. So your sales manager, your sales trainer, your president, your, uh, you know, looking over operations. And as you build, as you build this company and you start hiring people that hopefully are smarter than you uh, to start handling and, and taking some of that pressure off, things grow, right? And this agency was cranking. Uh, I'd say about, 2011, 2012, we started making a strong pivot to digital. And now I'm 20 years in. And a lot of the things, what I noticed is we made that pivot. I probably did a very poor job of getting the existing sales team that had helped us grow uh, in those first 15 to 20 years on board with shifting directions to what I thought was 
was critical, which was the digital marketing, all the paid media. And it was a different selling cycle, longer selling cycle. It involved uh, multiple decision makers, whereas before they were making a lot of money selling something very quick. The decision could be made instantly. And I, I just feel like I look back, there's a lot of things I, I would have done differently. The first thing I probably would have done differently is just sell the agency and start the digital marketing thing and eventually would have capitalized on two exit strategies instead of one. So that that's one thing I would have done. Um, but went through the pivot, took probably a few years longer than it should have. And part of that is a lot of that's probably on me, but I go back and I question why that happened. And so I think, you know, after 20 something years, some of the things that used to excite me mm. um, probably became very mundane to me. And also, I think, you know, at this point, I had bought a few deal. I bought three Honda dealerships. So JNL was no longer my only source of income. And so I think there was this period of time where I don't want to say it wasn't as important to me, but it wasn't as critical to me that it made the same level of income and was as, success, as successful as it once was because I just had other things going on. And the reality was I had just been doing it for so long. For me, I was like over it. I didn't want to have to keep doing the same things. And it didn't matter how many product improvements or different processes and, and, and what innovations we came up with. It wasn't exciting for me anymore. And so, um, you know, I started doing these mastermind events, which really brought me back to levels of excitement that I used to feel in those first five, 10 years with the agency where I was dealing with general managers and business owners and, and, and different entrepreneurs and helping them, which was the same feel I had when I was selling a marketing products, but it seemed different to me, right? I like planning the events. I like trying to create an experience that somebody won't typically get. And so, you know, one thing I did very well with the agency is, is when we were going through that pivot, because I didn't want to learn digital the way it really needed to be learned. Uh, I hired someone that really spearheaded that. And he's our president now and Jamil Zabonet. And, and I consider him one of the premier uh, digital marketing experts in the country. And what that allowed us, and what's even better about it, he's a phenomenal operator. So, uh, which is a weakness of mine, actually. So he he offset some of that and it allowed me to have JNL marketing become basically for me passive income because I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day operations of it the way I was in those first, say, 20-something years. Okay. So uh from what I've gathered based on what you've just shared, your version of burnout was losing the excitement factor at work. Yeah. And it was just that you'd been doing the same thing for a very long time. You started to get involved in some other things and the other things held more excitement because there was novelty and there was creativity yep. in those things. And that was something that you were craving that was missing yeah. in your in your JNL marketing job. That's a, that's a hundred percent correct. And you know, when you say that, it, it makes me think. The reality was, I was probably as I was burning out and accomplishing less with the agency. I think I was actually putting in more hours. Yeah. So I, it was like I was putting in. I was going through motions. 
right? Which made me not like it more. Uh, because, you know, when you're accomplishing a lot and, and things are cranking along, that in itself can help generate some stuff. But when you're just not, um, and one of our core values is passion. I, the person running that company has got to drive that, right? And I have passion for the people there and I have passion for the, for, I want it to be successful, but I was no longer willing to do some of the day-to-day things to drive that. And I, I had to recognize that and had to make a decision. That's actually a really powerful message because I think there are so many people out there who are going through the motions, who are accomplishing less and are trying to compensate for their lack of accomplishment by putting more hours in. I think that is one of my biggest myths that I like to debunk for people is it's not about putting in more time. It's if you're burned out, your productivity will go down. That's one of the symptoms. It's because you're exhausted. It's because you can't think straight. It's because you are, you've lost that motivation or that excitement factor that you're talking about. There's a reason why your productivity has gone down. So to spend more and more and more time in front of the screen or sitting at your desk or whatever it is that you do for work is not the answer. And there's a guilt that comes with not putting in the hours. So sometimes you're putting in the hours, not because You've got something that you got to do. You feel an obligation like this is what I have to do. There's this guilt if you don't. Um, I think if you're a business owner or any type of entrepreneur. and um, Or just like a high achiever who cares about accomplishment, correct. right? You, yeah. you feel like, hey, that's, that's not my identity. Like I'm not a person who doesn't accomplish. So something is wrong. I don't know what it is, but all I know to do is just pour more in. That's right. And when I don't do that, I feel out of sync with myself. Like I'm not going to, I'm not the kind of person to, you know, kind of lay back on my laurels. So I'm going to put more in because otherwise I do feel guilty because I'm not that kind of a person, right? What does that say about me? So a lot of it, I think ties into our identity. And that's why there is that myth of, I got to just keep showing up and I got to figure this out. And what I want to say to those of you who are listening right now who resonate with that message is that it's, it's probably better for you to take a step back and really think about what's going on. And I bet Scott, if you would have done this back then, you would have said to yourself, you know what, maybe the work hasn't changed, but I've changed, you know, I'm still doing the same thing that I was before. And I actually had this happen. I was doing a live and I had somebody like comment in while we're doing the, the recording. And the person was like, I've been in General Motors for 30 years and it's like Groundhog's Day every single day. So I think that thing exists. There's, there's fewer of you guys out there that have actually stayed with a company for that long, but there are people that actually have that happen. And if you're seeing that, it's affecting you. If you're no longer excited by it, if you're not challenged by it, if you want something more or something different, then it's time for a change. And it either means a change in your organization. Like maybe you have a different role, different tasks that you do, or maybe it's time to get out either to a different company or a complete career change where you're doing different work. And we've seen a lot of people shift in the last few years with COVID to just find themselves, find something that is more meaningful, that is more flexible, that allows them to live their life the way they want to live it. And so 
I love that you have shared that message with us today. And now my, my, how I feel about the agency is night and day from say a year ago, because now when I'm involved with the agency, you know, I'll do anything they ask me to do. If I need to shoot videos or, or do whatever, I enjoy that. That's fun. Um, but really the way I help them now is just through introductions through my own network and relationships. And I do, I like connecting people, um, which is probably one of the reasons I move towards these events as well. There's a lot of connection and relationship building that happens during them. Um, that excites me. I, I just get a lot of joy out of that. So now I feel as good about the agency as I did in the beginning, if not more, it's just a lot easier on me, obviously, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what we're here to talk about really today is how to go from that place of I'm burned out because I'm going through the motions to a place where maybe I can turn this around by creating passive income streams. And I think this is important because it sounds amazing. And I don't know anybody who would say like, nah, I'm not interested. Like if most people, I would think if they had the opportunity would be like, yes, sign me up. But the problem is we don't know how to do it. So that's the biggest obstacle. Or we have all kinds of ideas about what it would take that we think we're not qualified for and so forth. And so I think what would be super helpful is if you could take the three biggest myths that you've seen that keep people from being able to enter this area and debunk those for us. Yeah, that's no problem. So first off, I should say 100% of my current income is passive. So I have no day-to-day responsibilities. I could do nothing all day and make no less money. So, you know, unless of course I'm getting, there's an indirect result from all the social stuff I do that I'm not actually tracking. So outside of that, uh, so it can happen. And I think one of the biggest myths is first off, I think when a lot of people think, uh, you know, what is passive income? The first thing they go to is not necessarily a business or anything like that. They probably think of like real estate. So, you know, multifamily rental income stuff that you could hire some type of property manager or something like that to manage the property. Yep. And I, and I think that's the one myth that it's not a myth. It's a, it's a good source. I do it myself. Uh, so I've got, you know, a portfolio of rental income and I would highly recommend that, but it's not the only source. I think, uh, the bigger, the bigger myth is you can't take your current company. If you're in a position where you're an owner of a company, I think most owners feel that they need to be more present than they actually need to. So I've got three dealerships. I am not involved in any of the day-to-day. I have direction and and create a vision for what I want in terms of a marketing and advertising message, but I'm no longer in that involved in that because the agency helps the dealerships with that. So and and everyone knows you know, they're probably the agency's better at it now than I would be coming in by myself and and helping that. So that's on, that's on autopilot as far as my responsibilities. Uh, Clearly marketing is not, but in terms of what I'd have to do, yes. So these are, these businesses 
whether they're the auto dealerships, the agency, these are big companies. These are not, uh, they're all multi-million dollar companies. They're, they have, you know, 50 to 150, 200 something, depending on which one it is, employees. And so the fact that that's all passive for me, you have to ask yourself, well, how is that? Um, I've got managing partners in all of them. So I've got a president that runs JNL Marketing. He's also my partner. I've got a phenomenal managing partner with the dealerships that takes care of all the day-to-day stuff. And, and I mean, these are people that I trust. These are people that I think are in the top, you know, two to three percent of anybody they compete against. And uh, so I, I think if you're going to make that passive, I think one of the best, if you want to debunk or get rid of that myth that you can't take with your current business and, and turn it into passive, your first step, it can be done, but you got to find the right person to run the, run the company for you. Yep. And the agency's the easiest one. You know, I'm, when I had to make that decision and take a really step back and say, all right, what is slowing down this pivot? What's slowing down this growth? And then, because I'm always big on everybody rowing in the same direction in this teamwork, right? Yeah. But then I realized I'm the one rowing in the wrong direction. <laughs> you know, my president has a better uh, grasp of what our clients really want. He's communicating with them every day more than I was. He's the one who helped build the digital product, all right, and, and the different campaigns and, and the strategy. So I had to let go of that. And it was once I came to, it was funny. I sat there and I said, you know what? I've got more money and capital tied up in my auto dealerships. And for the last 15, 10, 15 years, I haven't been involved in the day-to-day and they're cranking. Why, what makes me think that I can't do the same thing with the agency? That's the question I asked myself. I was like, you're sitting here holding on to this agency and it really has nothing more to do than ego. It's just ego. You know, I didn't want to let it go because I probably viewed that as that was my identity, you know? So I was holding on to something that was giving me a lot of stress. It was giving me a lot of, and and so once I did that, got out of his way, took the handcuffs off of him, it exploded and, and started experiencing the level of growth that we used to have on a year in year in ba- you know year in year out basis. Um, so that 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 would be the second one. But the third myth I would say is it takes a lot of money to create some type of passive uh, income. You know, I'm starting this event company now, um, so my income is about to become not 100% passive because I am going to get involved in this e- event company. But because of the dealerships and the agency, I'm not going to put myself in a position where in a year or two, I'm burnt out again because I'm doing all the things I don't enjoy doing. So I've got a better strategy set up for this new new initiative I'm doing uh, where I make sure I've got the right person or people in place to handle some of the things I don't want to do. Um but this can be a very highly profitable business, and it's not going to take a lot of cash up front to do. And so eventually, I don't want to say it'll be 100% passive, but it's going to be close to it. Okay, so a lot of what we've heard so far is that, one, 
you can do some real estate investment to get some of that passive well, income. You should, I, I, if you have the capital to do that, um, I, I think it takes some, you know, and like, I know a lot of people think they can go out and buy real estate, no money down and all this other stuff. And you prop once you get rolling on this stuff and you have enough properties, technically you can, because you just refinance other ones and pull equity out and, and do it that way. But, um, I would, I mean, it, I can tell you this, I've got a 25 year old son and he will not repeat the same mistakes I made. And that is wait until later in life before you get heavily involved in the real estate game. I want him involved now in that. If I, if I had to do my, my life over again, there's two things I would have done different. I'd have started in the real estate and, and build up passive income with that very early on. And it would have been a consistent effort every single day and year. And the second thing I would have done is I'm a competitive person. And I think there was times, maybe a 10 to 15 year stretch, I thought that that I could just do everything on my own. I would have set up better relationships, networked better, and had better strategic alliances to help me grow a lot quicker than I did. And so one of the things that you keep coming back to is the relationships with people and how really like your secret sauce for taking a business and making it passive is having top managing partners that you trust people in place to do things that you don't like to do so that the show is running well and that you can kind of sit back and not have to do all that work, which is great if you're an entrepreneur, but I'm sure there's people out there who are working professionals. They don't have their own business. They're not entrepreneurs. They may not even be interested in starting their own business. Is there anything other than real estate that they can look to for creating passive income? Well, let's go back to relationships for a second. If, if I, let's say I, I did not own a business and I, uh, I, I, it could be anything. It doesn't matter what your, your job title or responsibility would be. I would build up a good social presence. I would build a lot of credibility with my audience. I would recommend businesses and set up strategic alliances with other businesses that if I could in, in some type of referral system where if I could refer a business into another, all right, and, and generate some type of reoccurring revenue model where I had a lot of people call it mailbox money, I, I would set up something like that. So kind and of that requires big, no cash. So being an affiliate for somebody, yeah, yes. Correct. That's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's something that you really use yourself or uh, you can really speak about with integrity, that's yep. a great thing to recommend. As a matter of fact, there was a coach that I hired that's helped me with my business that I then recommended to someone that I was networking with. She has since joined that coaching program and i just got a a check in the mail which is amazing correct because i mean i I would have done it either way to be honest and if it's something what works a hundred percent so think about that if if you know if you are passionate about something and you can find the right company and or product or service and become an affiliate marketer for that person or just you know 
doesn't even have to be something where you're ongoing and setting up funnels and all this other stuff. I mean, sometimes it can be as simple as a referral in and you just set up the relationship with that business that says every person I refer you, just give me this uh, per month or whatever, as long as they're a current client, right? Mm -hmm. Do that with enough of them. That's that can turn into good income. hundred percent. Fantastic. So, yeah. so we have uh, some ideas of what to do if you're not an entrepreneur. And then if you are an entrepreneur and you have a business, you know, you've told us that you can turn it into passive income, but we don't still really know how, uh, where can people go to find out more about this? Well, you know, I like to do these business bourbon and cigar masterminds. And so one of this right now, I've only been doing it for auto, but I don't know if it's because of the name or, you know, we go on all these, we do half day mastermind sessions. And then the other half of the day, we go on bourbon tours and I got cigar rollers happening and I got all this fun stuff happening, these excursions and activities. Maybe I only get people that show up because of that. I don't know, but the, uh, <laughs> the business content, uh, they seem to really like it. And, and what happens is it's a true mastermind. I, before we were talking uh, or before we started recording this, we were talking a little bit and I told you that I think the word mastermind is probably one of the most overused terms uh, today. And because most people don't do true masterminds. Uh, mastermind, if, if you if you really um, – it's a group of experts. It's a group of highly successful people getting together where you know two brains equal three, right? One plus one equals three. And, and so I put these people in situations where I might take a room full of 50, 75, 100 people, but I'll put them in groups of 10. And I have them rotate around different tables depending on the mastermind topic. So everyone works with everybody at some point. But for any given topic, if it's, let's say, client retention, um, or in this case, to post to your question, how can I create passive income? Uh, how can I turn my business into passive income for myself? I might sit those 10 people in, give them that objective. I might ask them, what are the top? two or three obstacles, barriers, or challenges that's keeping you from accomplishing that or turning your current business into um, passive, 100% passive income for yourself. And then once we've identified and once that table of experts uh, or peers comes up with those three things, all right, if we could find, if we could name one of those three and we could solve it right now, which would have the biggest impact and allow you to turn this company into 100% passive? Which one would it be? They, they get come to a consensus on that, and then they've got 45 minutes to solve that. But it narrows their focus in, and then the ideas just start flowing. Um, and what's, what I like about it is that type of process doesn't typically get you to the same common solutions uh, that they've probably already thought of because what we're really looking for are breakthroughs because I believe breakthroughs in business are what make people truly wealthy. And so uh, we want breakthrough solutions. And so in this case, we'd come up with that. I'd have each table leader get up on that panel afterwards and they'd present their stuff and uh, what their solutions were and how they came there. And, uh, and then by walks away with 
incredible ideas and, and a new way to potentially do business. So that's how I would recommend doing it. And you know what? You don't have to necessarily go to an event to follow that same process. You could literally walk around and if you go back to your relationships you currently have or your own network and sit there and say, hey, I've got a challenge. I'm, I'm looking to do this. You got, you know, some time to talk with me about this. And you get two or three to people together on a Zoom or a conference call, whatever it might be, or together for a meeting. And you could follow the same process and get and, and probably find the solution you're looking for. Because more than likely, you know somebody that has either wanted to accomplish what you have and already has accomplished it. And there's no reason to go through the same learning curve. And if they haven't, they probably know someone who has that they can introduce you to. So, you know, I, I just, like I said earlier, if, if I had to start my life over, I would have in my twenties, I would have been heavy on the real estate, but more important than anything, I would have surrounded myself with, with, I would have focused on building my network and, and strengthening relationships um, to the level I do now. So I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight. First of all, for people who haven't heard of masterminds or for people who've been in masterminds and have had a very different experience, I think what you shared is right on the money in terms of it, that is what a mastermind is supposed to be. And yes. Yes, it's true that people can go ahead and reach out to people in their network. And of course, they can go through that same similar process. However, for those who are interested in your mastermind, where can they get more information? I think the easiest way now, because I'm starting it in terms of uh, this is going to be a new company for me that I'm, I'm creating. I get bombarded. Uh, we've done about five. We're, we're working on our fifth one now for the auto industry. And everyone sees the hype videos and so on, on social. And so I get messaged left and right, uh, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram about, hey, can you do this for, you know, my industry? Can you do this for me? Can you do this? So I am going to start this company and uh, business bourbon and cigars. And I am, I'm going to basically create a process that makes it easy for people to just participate, not have to go through all the logistical hoops and all the planning and everything like that. So the easiest way right now is just to reach out to me privately on one of those three channels. Um, they can also call my, I don't know if I want to get my cell phone out here. The uh, <laughs> uh, Email me. Uh, but if you want the quickest response, it's probably private message me on LinkedIn, Scott Joseph, uh, Instagram, Scott T. Joseph, or Facebook. Okay, so we will put that uh, in the show notes so people have a yeah. way of connecting with you. And uh, yeah. if they want to get more information on business, bourbon, and cigars, being oh, part yeah. of that mastermind and creating those passive income streams, they have all of the things that they need to yeah. jumpstart the process. Yep. In the meantime, a huge thank you for coming out and sharing. This is very exciting, I'm sure, for lots yeah. of people. Um, it's just really a taste of what's possible. Yep. And one thing you said that I want to kind of end with is you said there was a point where you were holding on to something that was creating stress for you. Yep. And when you recognize that, you were able to pivot, let it go, turn it around refocus. And so I want to leave you 
the listener with that question. What are you holding on to that's creating stress for you? And what can you do to turn your situation around that so that you create passive income that allows you to have less, at least financial stress, perhaps even work less hours, have more freedom and enjoy life more while preventing burnout. It's been a pleasure having you on, Scott. Thank you so much. Sharon, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been it's been phenomenal. And like I can already see there's going to be all kinds of light bulbs going off. Lots of people uh, interested in what you have to share. So we'll put everything in the show notes. And in closing, for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you're a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week.